everybody. My name is Therese Paler. This is the Therese Paler Show, presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. So, hey, it is what it is. Now, here are your hosts, show, Vern, and Yahoo NFL writer, Therese Paler. Live from Johnny's Tavern in Blue Springs, it is the Therese Paler Show, presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. Therese, a little patio action for week number five of the Therese Paler Show. How are you? I'm fantastic. This definitely works. Very nice atmosphere here. The perfect atmosphere to talk a little football. So it's great, man. Well, let's start with your latest piece on Yahoo Sports. Take us inside the losing locker room from Sunday. What did the Jaguars have to say about what the Chiefs did to them? Look, the Jaguars defense is a group with a tremendous amount of swagger. Right? These guys play with an edge, and they tried to punk the Chiefs in their own spot yesterday but what I came away from their locker room feeling was like the Chiefs passed the test they made those guys respect them Um, over and over again respected defensive players from that room Calais Campbell um, even Jalen Ramsey AJ Boye all those guys were mentioning things like yeah we'll be back the road to Foxborough goes they said the road to Super Bowl normally goes to Foxborough goes through here now and I thought that was that was pretty high praise from a group that's not real big on, like, offering up praise. So um, I actually came away with a pretty favorable impression of their defense. I think the game might have been a little different if Blake Bortles wasn't horrific. Um, but <laughs> if you face them again, you know, they vow to be ready. But at the end of the day, you know, I don't know who's stopping the Chiefs. And if Bill Belichick can't do it this week, it's not happening offensively. No, I think that was the big story out of the game. We've had conversations about this as early as before right, the season ago. started. Yeah. Hey, my concern about this team is we don't see any dogs. And <laughs> some people some people had issues with what Chris Jones did and what D Fort did and getting himself ejected. It was thirty to seven. I think they knew the score. And I think they needed to send a message to the league that we won't be punked. I thought that the the Ford thing was soft that was weak that shouldn't have been even begun to be called but I will say this you know Jones can't like do that right like that you know I'm all for the aggression and you know I'd rather be too hard and too you know than too weak or passive on the football field you know what I mean? I'd much rather have too much of an edge than not enough but like that is a coaching point for Chris Jones because in the game that matters if he does that again and it costs you He's the GOAT for an entire offseason, right? But in general, Ron, I'm with you. I watched these guys get punked and bullied for three, four years. It's good to see them kind of rise up to that challenge. Like, it's a group of pirates, right? This Jaguars defense, that's a group of pirates, just like the Broncos from a few years ago, right? So I thought that was actually a pretty promising sign that these guys were like, yeah, not in our house. Yeah, Kareem got us excited. Yeah, Kareem, I'm with you. That was something because then you're standing up to the bully, which is the defensive side of the ball of the Jaguars, but explain to me, explain to the listeners how what D4 did, what Chris Jones did, has any sort of ripple effect around the rest of the league. The D4 thing was just soft. Like, that shouldn't have even begun to be a penalty. Right? Agreed. So like, Agreed. So, like, what, it, what D4's penalty is more reflective of, yeah, we're going to talk to you. We're going to beat you up, and we're going to talk to you. And just like you try to do to us, we're going to talk to you, and we're going to talk trash, and get up, Blake Bortles. Come get some up. That's more That's more what that is, right? But the Chris Jones one, like, I don't know. Like, 
Who knows what happened two plays before in the trenches? He might have grabbed him somewhere right, he's not right. supposed to. You don't know. That's what pile stuff. Right. You have no idea what inspired Chris Jones to go ahead and do that. Because he was inspired. Because he was definitely inspired. And he's a pretty gregarious guy. Not really, not really a pirate, I would say. But whatever happened inspired him to do it. Listen, Jacksonville's offensive line is big, and they're physical, and they're nasty. And it's very clear stuff was happening. And... On one hand, I'm good with Chris Jones doing it. Again, like, yo, you know, play with some edge, man. I get it. But on the other hand, like, maybe not be, don't be so obvious about it. And maybe not just sock a guy, like, right, just it like. It seemed know, like he thought he was under the pile when know? he did that. Not right in front of a referee. No, nah, I mean, the, the cameras caught it pretty clear. So, you know, you got to be a little better than that. Like, sometimes when there's a big pile up and there's multiple bodies in there, that's when you can kind of slide it in. But if it's like, you know, one guy, everything in the two guys, everything in the game is photographed mm. in video, man. I, that, that wasn't discreet enough for me. I just think the message had to be sent. I think it, I think it had to be sent. I think that was. But what's this, this message? Can you guys explain this what is, the message this is? This is not a finesse, soft team. You're not just going to walk in. It just You're not going to yeah. talk to us before the yeah. game. No, you're not no, going to talk to us. Jalen, you're not going to walk up in yes. here. And just start talking about, you know, talking crazy at the mouth, talking about Tyreek Hill as a return specialist. And my, what is it, Telvin Smith in the weekend, yeah, the so week funny. before, laughing. Yeah, like, I like they, was, Smith they, they was openly, look, man, straight up, I will tell you this, like, for many players, what they play for is respect. And, like, in some ways, the Jaguars were openly disrespectful. You're coming in here talking about us. You're coming, coming into the game, you're talking. Like, you got to give that back. Otherwise, in this league, they're going to treat you like that. Like, it, they look for signs of weakness in teams. If they deem you a soft team, they're going to come in there and they're going to beat you up. They're going to hit you after the play. They're going to take shots at your quarterback. Y'all don't want that, right? Right. They're going to do everything you want, don't want them to do because you're too weak to stand up to them. I'm just saying, this is where this goes back to. It's primal. Last year, they, last year I watched them take cheap shots at Alex Smith, and I watched offensive linemen for the Chiefs go help the guy up. For the Raiders, who took the cheap shot, cheap shot at Alex Smith, this is different, and they had to come out and show that. And I think it was it was really big the opponent that they did it to. And after the game, as Therese is saying, "All right, we see." They were actually very respectful. We, we see, we Even see all who the this is. They did. They, we did a, they were very respectful coming into the thing. You're right, Ron. Like, look, man, I'm not acting like you know this is like ideal, right? Like, I'm not acting like this is the way things supposed to be. Right, but there's the way things supposed to be, and there's the way they are. And on the football field, okay, it's primal, okay, and it's about machismo, and it's about be, you know who's the bigger man, right? I'm on this play. I'm gonna drive you off your spot, right? Oh, you want to hit my quarterback after the play? All right, I got you, right? Like it, it's just like that because it's a physical sport and it's a violent sport. And if you think, and I'm not saying this is you, Vern. I know you appreciate football as much as I it do, might but be, like, yeah. let, me, let me tell you something, man. Like, you know. If if twenty if what you saw on Sunday was too faint for you, then you you could not have watched football in 1993, okay? Because if that you want to talk about uh, barbaric, okay? Right. 1993 football was barbaric. Double practices on on like turf at the vet, right? These guys were hitting five times a week on on the turf at the vet, like just savage. This is way different now. It's good to see, in my opinion, it's good to see football players can still go to that place, kind of. 
We're live from Johnny's Tavern in Blue Springs, right off of uh, Highway 7 in Blue Springs. Hope to see you out here. Uh, we'll be out here until 7 o'clock. Uh, this is the longest we've ever made it into the Therese Paler Show without mentioning Patrick Mahomes. Everything, <laughs> everything centers around 15, and I wonder this conversation that we're having. Ron mentions that the offensive linemen are now more eager to protect their quarterback. And, and this, this dog that we talk about, does it all stem from having a guy that you believe can carry you to the promised land? It might. I, I think it could, man. Listen, let me tell you something. Those guys know that when a football team, a football team wins, all all their boats rise, right? Like it, that, that'll float everybody. Right. And um, at this point, this guy's the franchise. They know this guy's different. They know this guy's special. If somebody took a cheap shot on Mahomes and he got hurt, there would be an outright brawl. Cause like now you're messing with my money, right? That's how much like mm. winning. When you have a guy that you believe in, like believe in, and he's elite, you start hitting me. Like you start hitting my quarterback. You know, you're messing with my money now. There's some truth to that. Like, these guys believe. A quarterback can make you believe. You know, it's real true. And uh, I, I do see a little bit more eagerness. But I will say this. I thought, like, the last few years they've been better at, like, protecting their, their guys. Like, the, I remember that game, like, 1994. Denver came in here at night. Was that, like, Sunday night or Monday night? It was one of them nights. They came up in here, and they just took shot after shot on Alex Smith. And the only one I saw on tape. The only one I saw on tape do anything was Anthony Sherman. He's the only one. Mm. But that was like 2014. Yeah. Since then, they've been a lot better. But this year, the, this is the best they've been. Justin Houston is iffy, according to the NFL Network. Iffy for not only this game against the New England Patriots, but iffy for the next few weeks. How big of a hit do you view that this as? This is massive. This is massive. This is bad. Massive. Like, I know people don't want to. I know people want to act like Justin Houston's not good, right. but like Justin Houston's like good. Sorry, he's actually good. Now, he, is he like 2014, you know, 22 sack Derek Thomas like? No, but he's actually good. It's a big loss, man, because like D Ford's banged up too, Channel Passio's banged up too. Like they they have some issues on the edge, man, and those are their three best right now, and all those guys are banged up. So like, yeah, that's a big deal. And they, believe you need everything possible against Tom Brady on Sunday. Because what's, what what's going to happen on Thursday is that Bob Sutton, the defensive coordinator, is going to come talk to the media, and he's going to mention how Brady's tough to face because he's seen everything. And that's true. And they're probably it, – it's going to be interesting to see if they, they rush him because I just – I don't know. I, last time I thought they faced him, you know, two, time, two years you ago. You have I to, they don't you? Uh, I don't know. I don't yeah, know what the game plan is going to be. I'm staying up at night. All I can see is Reggie Rag Raglan and James White in that matchup oh, out of the backfield. Yeah, have fun I, with that. I am, I am up at night about that. I, massive? Is it massive? Because it's like I like I, I've been hard on on Justin Houston, and I don't step off of it. He is the highest paid player on this team. All right, I know he's had injuries, but I, I'm, I'm I think it's all right to be hard on him. He's not awful, but is this massive good. because, yeah, is this massive because of what's behind him or massive because you're losing? Because, you know, they've got the five technique. Breland speaks who's going to get time with him. And then Tano Passigno is, is slow. And, and D Ford's not 100%. You, right, that's you what I'm hope saying. He stays together. Is it more massive because you're losing Justin Houston or because you're losing Justin Houston and what's behind him? It's massive because of the whole slate of injuries there. He's still good, though. Like, it's not like he's not. 
it, it's it's all of that. It's like this guy's your best edge setter, and you have injuries to your top three edge rushers. Like that's a big deal. And him not playing, it'd be one thing if he was just kind of gimpy and he'd play like eighty percent. But like him not playing, that's a big deal because that means like now, like Ford's got to make it through the whole game basically. Speaks might play more than you want him to play as an edge. And um, protection right, swings right. over to D All this Ford. matters, right. And, I mean, have fun with that. Like, if he's got to face, like, chips and, like, tight end blocks, that's going to be a heck of a lot tougher. Now that means that the other guy's going to have to make a play. And, look, teams might have started adjusting to D Ford a little bit already, but I, fe- I feel a heck of a lot better with Justin Houston rushing off that other side than whoever else they could put in. We'll give you a chance to win $1,000 in our national cash contest coming up at 6.30, just 18 minutes away. Want to dive deeper into this New England Patriots ball club we're going to see Sunday night. That and a look around the NFL on the Therese Paler Show next. The Therese Paler Show, presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, welcome back to the Therese Paler That's Show, right, presented go. by Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of I the Kansas City Chiefs. I thought for sure we was going to get something from her. She <laughs> just looked at us and just turned her head. We Come are on. live from Johnny's Tavern in Blue Springs, posted up out on the patio. Going to be there out we here go. until yeah, get them going. 7 o'clock. Don't forget the Therese Paler Show each and every Monday night, all football season, right here on your football station, 610 Sports Radio. Uh, you mentioned, Therese, about D. Ford being banged up. You're also the one that everyone at 610 rips off your quote mm. of the contract year is undefeated. Oh, yeah. Show and I had an interesting conversation earlier today on Show and Vern. I about, forgot we were doing this with him tonight. About that exact <laughs> quote. What you've seen from D. Ford, and you were there when D. Ford picked up a, what, 10-sack season a couple oh, of yeah. years ago? He's got it in his body, yeah. Yeah. Is it unfair to chalk up what we're seeing through the first five games to the fact that this dude's trying to get paid after this year? I think that, look, I spent four years. I, spent, I covered D the first four years of his career. I developed a relationship with D. I knew he'd been banged up the previous few years. Like I, He was legitimately banged up with back stuff. and you know, He was hurting because he wanted to have a big year last year. And he was on track to have a big year two years ago. And the, the injuries started mounting up. So, for me, I knew that if there was one season where it would probably all come together for him, it's the contract year. Um, I know that he's had the benefit of two years now to, like, figure out his back issues and figure out, like, what works best for him to, like, heal that, right? Um, I think that's playing a role in it. But, of course, like, anytime any of us are, like, focused on, like, our next contract's not guaranteed, like, when you're in your last year of your deal – you're worried about providing for your family. And it's something that you, you never feel at ease, like at all, at all, when you don't have, when you, when you have, when you're basically playing for your next contract. You don't feel at ease because if you don't play well, you could be a few steps from being out of the league. Right. That's human nature. Um, I think this is in his body. I think it's always been in his body. I, I also think that wherever he lands, if he's not a chief next year or the year after, I think it will benefit him greatly to go to a team with a um, – a team, obviously, with a great training staff, but also a team that maybe runs a 4-3, doesn't put his hand in the dirt and, like, get upfield and, like, get after people. Um, in the meantime, though, if I'm the Chiefs, that's right. You keep riding this horse because D. Ford has put it all together. But even now he's hurt, right? He's, he's playing through growing stuff, man. But I bet you he'll keep playing through it. He knows how important this is. 
this was my line today, and I think we're in a good place here. My line is I think it's very lazy, and I think it's disrespectful to D Ford for those who think the reason why we're seeing this performance is because it's his contract year. No, I, Dwayne Bow, Dwayne Bow on and off oh, the yeah. field repeatedly showed you. Eh, if he if he's if he has a spike, it's because you know D Ford has always been a hard worker. D Ford has never come in. He's always in. had that reputation. You're right. He's never come in out of shape. And he had a great season two years ago. Thank you. He's had a There's great year. Said this that. is it. This, yeah, he had a ten sack season. So for me, if you if you clearly just think, all right, the reason why D Ford's doing this is because it's a contract season. I would never entertain bringing him back because D Ford. This is not the D Ford you'll get. As soon as he gets his money, he'll go back to being nothing. Well, D Ford, that's that's unfair to me, and I think it's really lazy for those who just think the reason why he's doing this is because of that. He's had a year before. He's had a nice year before. Look, the key for D Ford has always been health. It's always been health. The last three years he's been banged up. He's banged up now. It's always been health, and it's always going to be health. Um, you know, I, now look. I, I agree with that, but I think it's important to remember, like, football is not, never, like, black and white. It's always, like, a shade of gray. It's, you know, it's always a little mixture of all that, right? And I think, you know, from D. Ford's perspective, yeah, like, he's got it in his body. He's been productive before. I, I do think, like, to a degree, it's disrespectful to just chalk it up to, eh, he'll never do this again. He's this contract year. However, um, if you've ever been on a contract, you know how much it motivates you when you're looking into peril. You're like, oh, man, I got six months left. You know, I better, I better make sure I'm okay. Like, you know, if you ever had to operate as a contractor, that is absolutely something you think about. All of us do, period. And what is it like? What does it give you, like 10% extra motivation? At the end of the day, you still got to have that in your body, and you still got to want to do it. Because how many guys have you seen in the contract year, the fifth year, not deliver? Well, even, cause, even with injuries, right? Press. That happens. Right. right? They still don't deliver. So – I, I feel you on that, Ron. Because like, I don't, I don't believe. Because he, he could be, he could be pressing and like not delivering, but he's delivering. Give him credit for delivering. Like I don't believe Justin Houston has been productive because he's rested on his laurels because he got paid. He worked. I think his he ball. got hurt. Yeah. Like, I think that would, I think that's really disrespectful and unfair to do that to also, someone who hasn't shown that. Also, for people mad at Justin Houston, like he tried to play. Like let's not forget that he tried to play. We're in 2015 against the Texans. He came back. He tried to play. He tried to come back. He's tried to play through this stuff when the games really mattered. And, like, that might have done more damage. But he, he was trying to be there for his team. So, you, look, you can look back and coulda, shoulda, woulda, hindsight 2020. You know, at the end of the day, this is what I know. If this team is going to accomplish what it thinks it can, they're going to need number 50 and they're going to need number 55, especially come December, especially come January period your chance to win one thousand dollars in the national cash contest is just eight minutes away we will uh dive deeper into this chief's defensive performance in just a moment but the patriots are up next we all had a chance to watch new england on thursday night therese that looked like the patriots team that we all fear year in and year out are they still the class of the afc look if you ask the jaguars specifically tayshawn gibson senior he'll say the, the road to the Super Bowl is going through Arrowhead, not Foxborough. But I think, you know, for me to say something otherwise might be a little disrespectful to the Patriots. They're the defending AFC champs. It's Tom Brady. It's Bill Belichick. Last time I checked, when the Chiefs met those guys in the playoffs, they lost to them. 
at Foxborough. I think this game sets it all up. Let's see. Let's see. And I promise you Andy Reid's going to have some plays you've never seen before. Just like Belichick will have some stuff you haven't seen before. I think it's going to be a master class in coaching. I think it's going to be a master class in competitiveness. I think this game on Sunday night is going to be awesome. I can't wait. All right, th th this is interesting because this game Sunday, if these two teams were to meet again, and in my opinion, if the Chiefs want to get to where they want to get to, they're going to have to beat this team. I would agree with that. How, how much really does this game matter towards a game if they played later in the playoffs? Well, it's, it's definitely good for, like, football reasons in, like, in terms of, like, putting stuff on tape, right? So I'll never forget, like, um, we were just talking in there, like, <laughs> growing up in Detroit, my number one team was the Lions, but my number two team was the Tampa Bay Bucks, right? Well, the O2 2 Bucks won a Super Bowl. However, during the regular season, they faced the Philadelphia Eagles, a team, Andy Reid's Philadelphia Eagles, a team they ended up beating in the NFC Championship. And I'll never forget the part of the episode where Warren Sapp, <laughs> they, he told it, he was like, so we got on the bus, and I saw John Gruden, and I looked at him, and I was mad. And then Gruden turned to me, and he said, I got them. I got their plays. The next time we come in here, we're going to close this thing down. And sure enough, they did, right? Sometimes this is very helpful. If you know you're going to face a team in the – you, if you know you're going to face a team in the postseason, but you face them in the regular season, it is so helpful to see how the matchups play out, to see how they attack you, to get their stuff on tape. Let's get New England's blitzes on tape, right, against us. Let's see how 2018 Eric Fisher handles that blitz. Let, you get what I'm saying? It's some of the same stuff from years past, but how does this stuff fare against our guys? Because the next time they face each other, you know, maybe we have to give this guy help because we saw it didn't. We, he needed it in the first game. This is very helpful. However, I also think it's important to win it just from like a just from like a confidence standpoint. I think that can be helpful. You got a second-year quarterback who's never won in New England, who's never played in New England. This matters because if you got to go back there or you got to face these guys again, I'm look. Mahomes is a cool customer, but it's going to help him knowing, hey, I stared down the barrel at Tom Brady already. Let's go. It'll be helpful. Therese Paler show presented by Bud Light. We got to get into that a little bit deeper. Also, this defense, I'll admit that they're getting better. But are they any better than the <laughs> bottom fifth in the league? Uh, much more. The Therese Paler show presented by Bud Light. We're live from Johnny's Tavern in Blue Springs with more after this. The Therese Paler show presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> It is the Therese Paler Show presented by Bud Light, official right. beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs, live from Johnny's Tavern in Blue Springs with you this and every Monday from 6 to 7 on your football station, 610 Sports Radio. We're right now, every, everybody listening, of course, but, man, you guys get the hookup here at Johnny's Thank Tavern. You. Here's your chance to win 1000 on the 30s in the National Cash Contest. Text SHOCK, S-H-O-C-K. To 72881. That's shock to 72881. You want Chiefs talking a chance to win a thousand on the 30s? Only one station in Kansas City gives you both weekdays from 7 to 7. It pays to listen to the largest sports radio company in the world. Message and data rates may apply. Your next chance is tomorrow morning at 7 30 on Fesco in the morning. Again, that word shock 
S-H-O-C-K to 72881. Real quick, Vern, as a person who's uh, from Blue Springs and went to Blue Springs High School and played under the tutelage of the great Kelly Donahoe, this is the first time I've been to Johnny's Tavern. It's nice. I'm loving it. They do. They got all these TVs, 74 of them. I went to the bathroom. It's set everywhere. I mean everywhere, That's which is huge for me. Yeah, like that. I mean, they, they got it all. I like it here. Nice patio. I'm going to have to get her in the bags. I saw her. Yeah, you. I'm going to get you. <laughs> next time. My wife said I got to be at home, but I'm going to get you. No, the next. No, it's nice. Get out here. Therese, I'll say this about the Chiefs defense. They have gotten incrementally better every single game, it oh, seems. God. And I want to, I'm trying to stay positive. Yeah. Uh, but the stats will lie. The turnovers tend to lie because three of those four interceptions were wrapped. Yeah. And had a bow on top, courtesy of Blake Bortles. Yeah. And Doug Marone apparently didn't watch last week's game against Denver when he the Broncos ran for six <laughs> yards per carry. Uh, what, do you, what do you say about this Chiefs defense? Solid effort, but man, Bortles and Marone didn't seem to do themselves any favors. I mean, what's crazy is the Jaguars still ran 17 times for 100 yards. So, <laughs> I mean, they can run the ball on these guys. And had, had Bortles not thrown the game away, that would have put them in a better position to run the ball more effectively, consistently, um, and really hammer it down their throats. It'd be a mistake to think because the game, look, these guys look better on Sunday. They did. The pass rush was real. Five sacks. 11 hurries. That's outstanding. That's what we want. Some of that has to do with Blake Bortles being inept on Sunday, right? <laughs> but I'm warning you right now, guys. Trust your eyes. It's a mistake to think that that team still can't come in here and beat you in January. Because mm. guess how? All it takes is a one turnover. Those guys get a 10-point lead. Now it's Fournette time. You didn't see Fournette. Fournette there's no one... I'm a, actually, I'm a little hesitant to say there's no one stopping Fournette because these guys keep finding a way. Give them credit. Like the, 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 nature, the point of the game is to win. The Chiefs have been winning. So I think it's okay to be like cautiously optimistic about the team. But the defense, it's okay to continue to be concerned too because I would be. I'd be worried facing a smash-mouth team like the Steelers or Jags in the playoffs well, it, still. I, I, like I, I just that's, – that's the thing that we pointed, we placed to people today. Was, was watch the game. Don't look at the five turnovers. because watch it, the game. It, Watch the game because this is the second week in a row it appears that an offense has conspired to try to help the Chiefs <laughs> win. I, I, don't, like, I don't understand what Denver was doing and they just stopped running the football. I don't get it. And you had a, the, the drive to me that turned the game. It's 10 nothing. You just run it down their throats with T.J. Yelton. You get to third and two inside the four. You know you're going for it on fourth down. You say, let's put it in Blake's hands after just running it down their throats. Let's ride our horse. Like, I just, amazing. Like that, like that part of it, and the Chiefs got the turnovers. What you said, though, the defensive line, that was real. That The pressure they were getting because it wasn't just coming from D Ford. It was Chris Jones they couldn't handle. They, they have to play like that. Like that, that, was, that was real. But they can win with that. Just because Jacksonville said, you know what, T.J. Yeldon, just made it not close on pass on pass coverage against Reggie Ragland. Let's not do that again. Like just because they just decided for some reason to stop with the game plan, like you good gotta point, look Ron. at your eyes. Was that performance good enough?
to win in the AFC Championship game, and that's how I think this team should be judged. Now, I'm going to play host now, too. I agree with you, but where are you at on that, Vern? I've said uh, he's talked about how they're a Super Bowl contender. I've never seen a team win a Super Bowl with, with the 32nd-ranked defense. Okay, I'm with you. So it can't be 32. Right. It can't even be 25. Right. Guys, I did some research on the generational offenses of the last 30 years. So we'd agree the 91 Redskins. Remember that team? They beat us up, yeah. right? No, no Mike, Mark Rippin. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The 94 yeah. 49ers, right? Mm -hmm. The 98 Vikings. The 99 Rams. 07 Pats. And was it the 13 Broncos, 15 Broncos? No, the 13, 13 Broncos. Broncos. All those teams had defenses where, like, they were, like, top 10 in, like, points allowed per game, okay? So, like, if you really want this to work, like, they have to be good in that area. Like, you can't let teams score. And I'm just really – I'd really be terrified of a team coming in and saying, you know what, the best way to play defense against Mahomes is to keep him off the field. Leonard Fournette, 35 carries. Let's go. That's what I would do. I would, I would have built the biggest, baddest offensive line possible because I'm a Neanderthal, and that's what I would want to do, right? And I'd be trying to run the football, you know, on down blocks and power football, even though it makes no sense in today's wide-open game. That's just how I enjoy watching football. But the point is this. There are teams in the NFL that are still built like that. And if they get out to a lead against you in the playoffs, it's going to come down to whether or not Sutton can stop it. And if he doesn't stop it, you guys are going to look back on this season with a tremendous amount of regret. Because, Therese, you, you hear all of this on Twitter, people hanging on, well, look at their stats on third downs. Look at, well, just trust your eyes. That's what I'm, yeah. Just, right, I mean, right. How would you say that you, one word to describe their defense? Please. What is it? <laughs> Please. What's one word to describe? Poor. Poor? Yeah. One word to describe the Chiefs' defense. Pick it. Wow. <laughs> wow. You know, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, people know. Right. You, He's you just stunned. I know. This is like, wow. <laughs> right. Like, just, you right. know, like, people know. And here's the thing. They know, too. Like, they know. And they're working on it. And they're January, January football is different. Because this 5-0 and is somewhat – it's tricking people. Yeah, it's, it's different already. You guys have seen it be different. Like, it's, it gets cold. It, you know, you got to be mentally and physically tough. It will help having this quarterback that, That's what I was everybody, no doubt. that everybody believes in. Like, even if you give up, it, it's kind of freeing, actually. Holy Green Bay every year. You know, yeah, it's like, you know what? It's kind of freeing. It's like, yeah, we give up a yard. We give up a touchdown. That's okay. Pata, bring us back. Pretty right? cold in New England every you know? year. I'm not talking about the cold, though, show. We're talking about quality team against quality team and then quality team. And it's that, just consistently good teams. It's And that's my thing. I don't think the AFC has consistently good teams. And I don't think the AFC has teams that I think the Chiefs should really just – like, I'm sorry. I think the Bengals are, are better this year. I don't fear the Bengals. There's only oh. one team. There's only one team that I fear that will just – Who? It's the Patriots. Okay. That, that is really it. Wait, you're not scared of Le'Veon Bell? And the Steelers get Bell a bit, but no. I think I think Patrick Mahomes evens the bill and their talent. I think the big thing with the Steelers has been their talent has been so much better than the Chiefs, especially a quarterback. I think Andy Reid is a better coach than Mike Tomlin, and I think that they – be honest with you, the way that Mahomes is playing, yeah. I think he's a yeah. better quarterback right yeah. now than Ben. Yeah, and they've got to come here. Yeah, and the Steelers' defense is a is, disaster zone. yeah. I mean, the, the, the Titans, you're like, okay, what about, and then they lose to but, the Bills. Like, I, I don't. Yeah, I'm just saying, though, they're not going to be able to prep for Bill when he returns. Like, he's so patient. Like, no matter what you choose, it's going to be wrong. 
he's like a fail-safe. Like, it doesn't matter. He's going – if Le'Veon Bell faces the Chiefs in the playoffs, he's getting 150, period. End of story. It's about whether or not Pat can make enough throws to beat these guys. He's really the only running back like that, though, where he's just so patient. Any, like he, he'll, he'll pick at your gap discipline. Bell is different. He's really, really unique. And a unique problem for this defense, too. Um, look, I think we'll know a heck of a lot more after Sunday's, Sunday night's game. If they handle the Patriots, this is a generational offense. This is going to be one of those offenses that teams probably people talk about in 20 years the next time it rolls around. Right, you know, but if they even if they get beat, but they bounce back quickly from whatever the Patriots patch show on tape, they'll be yeah, they'll still be okay. But but no matter what, like watching the tape from this game is going to be a lot of fun because we'll see how like a really 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 smart defensive coach chooses to attack these guys. That scares me. You wrote last week about how Mitchell Schwartz is playing like the best right tackle in the NFL. How big of a hit is the guy next to him, LDT, uh, finding himself on the IR? You know, like, if this was, like, 1993, you really wouldn't worry about it that much because, like, you could really drill on the offensive line. Like, if this was 93, like, Eric Fisher's, like, technique, like, if it said, like, if you rate it, like, a 72 right now, like, in 93, it'd be, like, an 88. You know why? Because, again, they they practice twice a day and hit. Right. So, like, I actually really wouldn't worry all that much about it long ago. But, like, now, because, like, you, like, get the technique and the flow of, like, zone blocking – you kind of have to, like, do it with the guy next to you and get a feel for each other. It bothers me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Even though Cam Irving's played better than people could have anticipated, he's playing with attitude. I like that. You know, you don't like seeing offensive linemen go down. Like, you know, now, like, this is quietly like a trend now with LDT, right? He's had a concussion. He had some stuff last year, too. Like, there's been stuff with him. That's a good point. Which is not, like, ideal here. So, I, I think the Chiefs are actually going to be going defense in the draft. But mixed in between all that, you're going to be some offensive linemen, okay? Your chance to ask Therese Paler your questions. We call it Take on Therese. Text line is open for you. Text line is open for you. (laughs) 69306. You can also tweet at us at 610 Sports KC or at Therese Paler on Twitter. The Therese Paler Show rolls on after this. The Therese Paler Show, presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, welcome back. It is the Therese Paler Show presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. We're live from Johnny's Tavern in Blue Springs. This and every Monday night, now we bounce around all over the area, but this and every Monday night from 6 to 7, it is the Therese Paler Show here on your football station, 610 Sports Radio. Make sure you're checking out Therese's work. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Therese Paler. Read his work at Yahoo Sports and make sure you're checking out the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast. First question we have from out here at Johnny's Tavern is something that you know and you've written about. It's permeating within the city. They believe in Patrick Mahomes, but the questions of laying that egg in January, laying that egg in the playoffs continues to permeate. The question was just simple. Why does this team always lay an egg, lay an egg in January? It's a, it's a little bit of everything, man. I, I think not having the double alpha quarterbacks been a been a been a reason, right? I mean, you you you've lost two double alpha quarterbacks every year. That's happened. So, well, except Mariota, but even he had the pedigree, right? And actually, Alex had the pedigree. He was the number one overall pick. But you get my point, right? You lost to more than a few guys that have like that winning pedigree. That matters. Some of it's been coaching. 
Some of it's just been freakishly bad luck. I mean, that, that Colts game, all those no. guys went out with the concussions. And, you know, that, that, that was just that was the weirdest game I've ever seen, period. Like, it's a little mix of all that. And the good news is that if the, if the Red Sox can break their curse – the Chiefs can break oh, there. I mean, you can, the Chiefs have won. We're the Cubs, have Red won a, Sox now. The Chiefs have won a Super Bowl before. Yes. So, you know, I think um, – I do think the Chiefs are like an underratedly tortured franchise, though, and I don't think people recognize that. Like, I was just talking oh, to my I man right here. I moved here, yeah. I was just talking to my man right here who was just telling me that he's had season tickets for eight years, ten years, ten years, and he's just running through the playoff losses, man. My man went from <laughs> – my man told me he was here for the Titans' loss. He went up to Indy for that loss. Mm. He was here for the Steelers' loss. Oh, what else no. did you see? The Ravens' loss, right? All right. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Like, imagine all that, man. Is this, I feel bad for you. And, like, obviously, you guys interact with me on Twitter. I've had so many. Like, I, you guys know I wrote that column a couple weeks ago about, like, why Mahomes giving people hope. Mm-hmm. The reaction to that really heartened me because it, like, let me know, like, I am in tune to, like, what Chiefs fans are thinking because I got so many people saying, thank you for summing it up. That's exactly what it's like. I actually kind of wish the best for the Chiefs fans because I know how much they've been suffering with this team ripping their guts out. For That's how you laid it down on the spectrum. You don't make it easy too. when you yeah. really break down. Oh, yeah, them. over and over and yes. over and over. Yeah, you don't and make it easy yeah. when you're ripping the guts yeah. out mm-hmm. over and over. Check that video out on Twitter. Yeah, Search nice, out Therese on Spectrum Sports. Yeah, Therese was looking nice. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, I, was clean, on, didn't he? I cleaned up all right. Um, <laughs> well, what I'll tell you is this, though. It's not like I'm, like, being mean-spirited no, about being. Because, hey, where, where am I from, Vern? Detroit. And who do I root for? Sorry, it's Lions. And what's that like? Awful. Uh-huh. But when you did the over and over, all I could see was Elway. <laughs> in, in 90, in 98, where the hell did Jim Harbaugh come from? <laughs> Look. Like that. Like that. And Lynn Elliott. I know you're not supposed to say his name, but. Yeah, that like that. He what, who hath no name. That, that's what comes to my to my mind. Like <laughs> when you just kept saying over and over, brother. I'm a lion, bro. I could say over if I was talking about the Lions. Uh-huh. I would have said it 50 straight times, bro. Lions have never won a Super Bowl. Just 50. Nine one three. Reed said 50. today that Veach was looking into linebackers. Um, the person's asking who is possibly available out there as a trade possibility. Well, I think. Uh, Hassan Reddick, somebody that the Cardinals are talking about getting rid of. Hey, the reason I bring him up is that Brett Veach traded picks for Cam Irving and Reggie Ragland, former premium picks that didn't work out. He sees value in it. That's something I keep an eye on, perhaps, because I actually think he could help this team. I liked him as a player, and I'm not sure that he fits into what Carolina, what Arizona's trying to do. What you got to remember here, there's some things in place here that make that potentially a smart move. Number one, I try to find, like, premium picks who've like busted but like they're in a situation where the team's bad that's check number one check number two it's a premium pick boom that counts number three a new scheme right they didn't draft him right new head coach there steve wilkes different scheme might not be what he wants in his defense that's three and now they needed they're looking to get rid of him that's four you could probably get him pretty cheap that's something i keep an eye on we've talked about patrick peterson that'd be fun That'd be very, very fun. I think it could be very, very tight with the money and compensation. I don't know if they – I think it required a tremendous amount probably to do it. But, um, boy, that could be fun. That could be a lot of fun. I don't, I just, I'm just saying it could be fun. So those are the two guys I think that you could add. Just, and then, like, if they need Edgeworth's help, like maybe, like – I mean, 
I mean, Tomba knows the scheme. Oh, boy. But I, I just I don't know what else. I don't know what, you know, I don't know where else they go. Text we'll line 69306, Ryan text in. Uh, what are the possibilities that uh, you keep Justin Houston by basically redoing his contract, extending his contract to three, four years, but take his current salary and make it fully guaranteed? Yeah, he never, like, struck me as a guy who's, like, kind of into taking one for the team monetarily <laughs> as, they, as they made him play for his money in 2014. That's what the contract tag, that's what the franchise tag does, guys, by the way. When you franchise a guy, you basically yield any opportunity ever for him to ever help you out of some sort of money situation because you made him earn, sing for his supper. So uh, if he does, he's not taking a dollar less. Like if he does, he'll, if he does, it'll be a pure business decision because he doesn't think he can get it elsewhere on the market. The problem for the Chiefs is that Justin Houston's agent is no typical agent. His agent is Joel Siegel, and Joel Siegel gets his guys paid. Guess who Khalil Mack's agent is? Mm. Joel Siegel. So, no, Joel Siegel gets his cats paid almost always. Olivia Vert? No, no, that's somebody else. Another guy who gets paid. So you guy, think that money's paid, out there David for Cancer. Justin? Eh, I mean. Because the Chiefs a, aren't paying him. No, nah, no. Nah. Chiefs aren't giving uh, him nah, that. Nah, nah. like, he's not going to get, like, some, some deal like he just got. But, like, right. guarantee you he lands somewhere with a nice-looking deal. Sure. Guaranteed. The Seagulls got those kind of contacts, and he's not afraid to leverage them. Uh, from the A16, we haven't really talked about him a lot. Uh, any concern with Patrick's performance yesterday? That no, was clearly no, his no. worst game that he's played. No, no, no. They, them get the, those guys got alpha dogs everywhere on that defense. Jalen Ramsey, alpha. Telvin Smith, alpha. Calais Campbell, alpha. Ngakwe. Hey, Malik Jackson, <laughs> right down the line. Those guys, A.J. Boye, some really blue-chip players on that defense. That was just a great defense he faced. From the 6-2-0, if we keep D4, does that mean we have to cut Justin? Hmm. Actually, the Chiefs are, are, are set up to, like, be okay money-wise um, next year. Like, they should be able to clear plenty of cap space by, like, either releasing people or restructuring. So, like, I think there's a situation where you could keep both. Um, you've It'd be next year's cap number for D4 would be a lot lower if you sign him to an extension. Do I think the Chiefs would do that? I don't know. But it, if you sign him to an extension, you're probably looking at a first-year cap number of like seven and a half million, something like that, as opposed to if you franchise him, you know, 14, 15, at least, something around at there. Least, right, yeah. yeah. So, like, it, it's a pretty big difference. Um, you know, it could happen. Sure, it could happen, but – I fully expect the Chiefs to continue to embrace their youth movement on that side of the ball, draft defense and offensive line, mainly defense, and, like, add to this team via free agency when they've got money next year. Personal question, coming for yours truly. You got any issue with your head coach, Andy Reid, oh God. going over and sitting on the bench during defensive positions? <laughs> I love it. I think it's hilarious. It's just kind of like, yeah. This is whatever's about to happen with Bob Sutton is going to happen. Really? Whether I, whether I see it, I think it's hilarious. He's like, yeah, hey, listen, I got a Ferrari over here. I'm going to coach him up, okay? Andy Reid is in this to, like, win the Super Bowl and, like, coach one of the most fun players of the last 10 years. That's it. That's what this is about right now. So he's just like, hey, Bob, you got it. If you, if you mess up, 
I'm gonna beat you up after. I hey, think it's hilarious. Bob, you got it. That's that's what he's doing. Hey, that's Bob, what he's doing. You got it. And that's why I think it's hilarious. He's Bill like, hey, Walsh Bob, you got it. Bob, Bill Walsh <laughs> is rolling around in his grave. That's what he's doing. Are you kidding me? He's going to coach up his kid quarterback, and he's he's handing it to Bob. This is. I'm just. I feel like fans will freak if he is sitting there on the bench, and and. <laughs> Bob Sutton's at the controls, driving us off the, the road. I, wow. Listen, Andy reached the head coach. He's not just a head coach of Patrick. He's a head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. Andy and we're Reed, good with it? Andy Reid has a lot of faith in Bob Sutton. Like, Why? He, he does. And he's, he look, he's led some good defenses here. I, listen, we don't know how those meetings go. But all, I, all I'm here is I'm the don't shoot the messenger. I'm just telling you he has a lot of faith in him. And he, he's justifying. He thought – from my, from my point of view, he looked at it as this was a – he had some concerns about the talent on defense last year, number one, about some of the attitude on defense last year, right? And also, you look at his past record, he has had some good defenses here. That's why he made the decision. Don't, I'm, it's not head coach Therese Paler. I coach UMKC. Okay, I don't That's coach right. the Chiefs. <laughs> all right, right, so, you know, direct that elsewhere. I'm just telling you what the thought is. At the end of the day – Right? Andy Reid's been doing this a long time. We'll have a chance to see. We'll have a chance to see in the playoffs. Bob Sutton, God. there's no doubt. Like, like, the local columnist called for him to be fired. Like, there's, no, there's pressure on him. God and forbid, they know that. God forbid a challenge situation comes up at all or anything, and he's sitting there on the bench. <laughs> oh, God, what happened? Wait a minute. Vern, do you care? No, Vern No, care. I said McCarthy would do this with Rodgers. Peyton did it with Breeze. They're coaching that guy to the Hall of Fame. It doesn't bother me. No, I they think don't sit over there the entire possession. He sits <laughs> entire defensive <laughs> positions and then comes back to the sideline. When line. Andy Reid looks at Patrick Mahomes, he sees a gold jacket. <laughs> yeah, he does. I bet you, yeah. Make but sure to hell with those other guys. Check out Therese's work at He's Yahoo leaving it to Sports. Bob. Hear them all week on 610 Sports Radio Give and check chance. out the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast. <laughs> Therese. <laughs> You Great don't job believe that when you say it. <laughs> we'll it talk to you next Monday at 6. Give it a chance. The <laughs> <laughs> Belichick is over there running the defense. Give it a chance. This has been the Therese Paler Show, presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs on 610 Sports Radio.